Welcome to the Property Voice Podcast, helping you to navigate safely through the world of property investing. Get the lowdown and updates, insights and outcomes on all matters property with a splash of entertainment along the way. The Property Voice, a voice to trust among the crowd. Now, let's get started with your host, Richard Brown. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Property Voice podcast. My name is Richard Brown and as always, it's a pleasure to have you join me again on the show today. And this is the second of my two-parter with Dawn Lyle from iCreate. She refers to it as a two-parter. And we left off last time after talking about the psychological benefits and emotional engagement of virtual and augmented reality. But I'm going to use the all-embracing term of virtual reality as much as possible for the rest of the uh, rest of the uh, show today, at least my uh, top and tail part. So today we dig a bit deeper into some of the harder or more tangible benefits, the use applications, and of course the ROI or return on investment of these technologies. Just imagine as an investor conducting viewings from your armchair or as a developer, eliminating the need to spend £80,000 or more on a show home, or as a landlord, capturing a 360-degree 3D fly-through all on your phone. Yes, it's all possible today, as Dawn helps us to understand. And I'll also do a wrap-up on the tech and even reference drones in this seemingly sci-fi in a um, themed episode today. So let's have a listen to the second part of the uh, discussion I had with uh, Dawn right now. Okay, so let's get on with this week's featured topic with Property Chatter. So uh, perhaps getting into more the uh, sort of everyday benefits, um, hard benefits, you know, business benefits. I think things like um, if you can engage emotion with someone, who a buyer, so you're a developer, mm-hmm. if you can engage the emotion of the buyer, then you know I can think of a couple of reasons why that's a good idea. I'm sure you know you can, but it, you know they can uh, maybe they'll pay more, <laughs> uh, and maybe they'll mm. you know make a quick decision. So they're mm. they're two very you know d- direct benefits from a business perspective of why should you bother doing this? Well, you know you can engage the emotion of the buyer. If you engage the emotion of the buyer, they're more likely to uh, use emotion in their decision. It could be impulse. It could be, you know, speed of decision, uh, you know, love, fall in love with the property. Uh, and, and that obviously can translate into your bottom line benefit. Um, equally, mm-hmm. as you say, you know, um, the, the ability for someone halfway around the world to, you know, engage with a development that isn't even built and kind of see it as if it were real um, expands your reach, doesn't it, in terms of your customer base. Um, so that's another thing. Yeah. It saves costs from people, developers building show homes potentially. Mm. Um, so I only so think about some of these tangible benefits. Why should, you know, why should you bother? Because it's all very well to have the features, but you know, it should translate into a benefit. So what is the upside to developers and investors, because that's our audience, uh, doing that. I can see mm. there are also flip side benefits to buyers, um, you know, that they can now go and buy a, a property in Barbados without leaving their sofa. Uh, or perhaps, mm. perhaps they get into the estate agent. I can't remember if they needed the headset or not. But um, yeah. are there other benefits like that that uh, perhaps I haven't mentioned there? 
Um, well, one of the benefits you, you have mentioned is this ability to save the money on, on building a physical show home. And I was talking to somebody recently who has now stopped building show homes and is able to sell off plan um, way, way in advance. So, you know, that enables you to start your property marketing much earlier in the process. The delay caused by building a show home, all the expense of that, it's disruptive to the build schedule. You're often having to kind of complete one property long before you've the rest of them have caught up uh, you've got to tidy up your site ready for people to come on site you've got to pay an interior designer you know he said it might cost him overall you know it might be eighty thousand pounds to build a really high spec show home and the the whole marketing and sales process would be really delayed by that whereas if you can actually start your marketing and sales almost as soon as you've got your planning permission in place you've got your architectural drawings finalized um, you know, that means you can start selling off plan before you start building, um, getting reservations in. And that's obviously beneficial in terms of, you know, your lender is going to be happy if you can demonstrate that sort of level of pre-sales. Um, and, you know, you can progress with confidence knowing that you're building stuff that there are already buyers lined up to buy. Um, so I think that's a, a huge economic benefit. Um, another benefit of 3D visualization for anyone that's doing any sort of construction project is the ability to um, just sort of sanity check your drawings before getting on site. So one experience we had was a developer um, was building nine homes on a very sloping piece of land. Um, and obviously he'd had engineers and architects draw up the plans and he knew he was going to have to put all these retaining walls onto the site and there was quite a lot of engineering works to make it work. Um, but once it was visualized in 3D, you know, it was kind of mind blowing for him to suddenly see his plans in 3D. And again, it comes back to this point of um, even those of us that can interpret a set of architectural drawings, um, there is a gap in our ability to sort of truly understand how everything's going to work on site. Um, and he saved thousands of pounds by sitting with a 3D visualizer to address some of the issues about the levels and where the retaining walls should go. You know, he could identify immediately looking at the 3D model um, how difficult certain elements of that site were going to be to build in reality. You know, how was he going to get a digger onto that bit and how was he going to, you know, where was the retaining wall going to start and finish? And, you know, his ability to do that in software, sitting with a 3D visualizer and trying out different options on a 3D model, you know, that must have saved him thousands of pounds um, compared to actually being on site, being all geared up and uh, on site with a team of builders and then suddenly coming across those sorts of stumbling blocks and those issues that could have been resolved much earlier on. And that's true um, for all of us. You know, I'm um, renovating a house at the moment and just when, you know, talking about things like interior design or choosing a new kitchen or anything like that, um, making those decisions and choices at an earlier stage than we've previously been able to do. Um, you know, enables us to not only save cost um, and avoid problems arising on site that we haven't foreseen, um, but, you know, try out different options and, and feel really confident about what we're planning to do before spending lots of money on it. So uh, that's really important. Um, in terms of the emotional engagement, I'm really interested in buyer psychology. You know, what, what is it that enables somebody to buy a house and particularly to buy a house off plan? And um, I think one 
one of the things you need to do, you know, none of us would move house if it weren't for the fact that we had an imagination of a better life, you know, so the ability to sort of spark someone's imagination to say, you know, have you thought of how brilliant life could be if you lived here? <laughs> so that sparking someone's imagination is really important. As I say, certainty, you know, it's a big decision to make a big financial investment. So you need a high level of certainty. So the more that a developer can do to provide a buyer with real certainty about exactly what they're building at an earlier stage, you know, that's essential. Um, we need to provide the rationale. So the accuracy of the 3D modeling is important and showing it in context and the kind of why here, why now arguments are obviously really important in terms of someone making a decision to buy. Um, but yes, emotional engagement is, is what takes us from kind of rationalizing that decision to actually being committed to take action on it and to, as you say, make that decision more quickly and, and stick to it. Um, and trust um, and enthusiasm. You know, nothing happens without our enthusiasm to actually take action. So again, that's emotional engagement, isn't it? Giving that sense of desirability, yeah. So uh, you, you picked up so many there, and, and you know I could even extend probably. And I'm sure you could, but you know, for example, you talked about the ability to have 3D um, or imagery in in plans. So rather than a two-dimensional, you know, architectural drawing, um, you know, I had this recently. We we're doing a renovation. We ha I had the, the architect's drawings in front of me, and I, you know, of course, you're looking at it. You know, how would it work? But actually, I then went to site with the plans and walked through the site myself. And, and was this, oh, I kind of get that. That's where the new bathroom is going to be. I couldn't quite get that from yeah. the drawing. And it's that connection, isn't it? It's just bringing the two together. So that helped me. I mean, I'm talking about development here in a, in a small scale. This was a single mm -hmm. property which we were renovating and creating, uh, just remodeling. Um, it wasn't a major mm -hmm. new build development. You know, it was just a simple renovation and remodeling project. And, you know, to be honest, this technology would have helped me. Um, especially mm. if I tell you it was halfway around the world and I just I happened to be mm. able to walk around the property which helped me to visualize what the plans would look like mm. in reality so that would be a practical application I think the other one would be sometimes those plans they get submitted to third parties for example planners so um, if the planners could see because a lot of planning objections are you know will it fit into the local environment and all this sort of stuff you know uh, well if they've got a, a more of a uh, not just a three, uh, sorry, two-dimensional sketch plan of the site, but they've got more visualization to see, or you know, and they can see how it fits into the landscape. That's possibly you know, less likely to object, which of course means you get planning approval quicker and you've got less cost involved in planning. So, you, I can see lots of potential uh, spin-off applications to this, and even with sales and lettings, you don't necessarily need a, a 3D um, goggles. To you know the 3D walkthrough, you can see how the property hangs together right from your desktop without going virtual viewing, um, which has got to make it more efficient for the agent. They're not doing as many viewings. Um, the the buyer can you know narrow down their choices. You know that's a good thing, so that it doesn't waste mm -hmm. people's time. So anyway, I'm digressing, but um, I I think I can see lots of these benefits. But on the flip side of benefit. Of course, mm -hmm. it's cost. So the technology has these benefits, um, but it comes at a cost. So whether it's the direct cost of the technology in terms of the applications, the hardware, software, etc., uh, or it's the people that you need to engage who would use that, you know, that technology. 
So what would you say about the sort of cost of technology uh, that we're seeing right now and, and has that changed? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I think, uh, as with many things, there's sort of a whole uh, spectrum of um, different approaches, different levels of detail, you know, how far you take the technology for any specific project. And I think, you know, where you started in talking about small-scale development, perhaps when we're renovating our own homes um, or, or doing an extension or, you know, a single property, um, you'll find actually that many architects are using 3D software in-house as part of what they're doing anyway and they might be using low-cost software such as Google SketchUp to create um, fairly low detail but perfectly adequate 3D visualizations that would do exactly as you've described just give you a sense of how much space you've got and, and what it's actually how the space is going to feel um, so that's kind of the entry level which Architects are often doing that in-house. Uh, that's fairly low cost to uh, engage a 3D visualizer to do. Um, and some very keen uh, property developers figure out a bit of SketchUp for themselves just because it is that useful. Um, and then, you know, and obviously it's a huge spectrum all the way up to kind of the all singing, all dancing, totally immersive, interactive virtual reality experience where you can show all the different kitchen finishes that are available, all the different property types on a very large site. Um, and, you know, that runs into tens of thousands of pounds. So there's a, there's a massive range. But I think um, the technology offers those, those cost savings that make it, a, um, a worthwhile investment but I agree um, it's it's important that the cost of these things continues to um, fall particularly on the hardware front and that's what we've seen I think that's why virtual reality has sort of taken off I mean we've been talking about virtual reality probably for a decade but it's only in the last year or so that the cost of headsets for example has come down to an affordable level you know one of the most popular uh, virtual reality headsets yeah, you slip your to, uh, phone into it so the headset itself um, might only cost you about 80 pounds obviously you need an expensive smartphone to slip into it which um, many of us have already <laughs> um, and so that sort of and then that's quite a high-end system um, obviously you can have things like Google Cardboard which are you know a few pence for a, a Google Cardboard headset and you can just slip your phone into that but that, that I would call quite a low-end the experience is not the same as, as with the proper technology as it were um, but yeah the cost of technology is coming down all the time and um, the number of people who are available to use the software and to deliver 3d visualization is obviously growing all the time as well I mean that's something that we're very aware of as a business you know when we started out we were one of only a few companies in the UK that could offer 3d visualization uh, to the property sector and now um, you know, it, it, it's very widespread. Uh, there are degree courses teaching 3D computer animation. Um, it's the same software that people are using to develop computer games. Um, and obviously we're competing globally because there are many parts of the world where um, the industry, whether it's um, yeah, out for outsourcing or um, one man bands at home in their bedroom being able to deliver these kind of graphics. So you go online now and there's a whole, again, spectrum of different sort of levels of provider so it is increasingly accessible um, 
and I think there's a solution for every budget and it really, you know, to build a very low detail white model of something can be really quick and easy and actually it can take you 80% of the way there in terms of being able to visualize what you're trying to build. Yes, and I think this whole spectrum of uh, solutions is a really good point. So, you know, if you've got the developer who can save £80,000 on a show home, uh, and I don't know how much it would cost, but let's say it's ten or 20000 just to do a really high-end, you know, virtual reality alternative. Quite clearly, there's a massive return on investment or massive saving. Save for 80, spend 10 or 20. I don't know if that's fair, but um, I'm just putting it in my mind's eye. Uh, but equally, the the average um, uh, d developer like me, who's maybe doing smaller scale developments, could maybe get hold of, uh, I didn't really ask you about this, but I'm aware that you can get things like the Apple AR kit and the Google AR core on a smartphone mm -hmm. now. And um, and just sort of, you know, you can drop in um, um, artificial furniture design into a space yeah. and create this sort of mock-up on your phone. Now, I'm not particularly tech savvy, as anyone who knows me will be probably laughing hilariously <laughs> about when they hear. But you know, um, I think I think these tools and, and apps exist. So you've got measuring tools as well you can get on your phone, which will kind of help you do a floor plan and that kind of thing. So there's some very low-cost, everyday, easy, accessible technologies, as you say, something for every budget. But I think if you want to sort of take it into a more professional sphere, then, you know, you can get uh, more higher, higher paid for kits, bring in contractors and professionals such as yourself um, to maybe, you know, really, really do a proper job, in other words. So, um, but it kind of touches a little bit on the point. I just, and I'm conscious of time, so I probably need to um, keep an eye on that. But um, the rate of adoption. Is, has been sort of a challenge. Now, you've got industry adoption and you've got consumer adoption. Um, would you say that the rate of adoption as far as virtual reality or 3D visualization is now increasing? Have we passed the sort of geeky early adopter phase? Well, yes. I mean, certainly when it comes to 3D visualization, I think that has hit the mainstream. I think um, house builders of all sizes are using 3D visualization as part of their property marketing. And that might be as simple as um, front house type CGI's. You know, that's kind of the bare minimum that a house builder would produce would be a CGI of the front of their house types um, for their property sales brochure. Um, and I think that's totally mainstream now and, and almost everybody is, is doing that when they've got a, uh, you know, it might be a, a development of three houses and it's still worthwhile. Um, it might be one uh, one of property, and it's, it's certainly still worthwhile. So I think three D visualization is absolutely mainstream um, and has been widely adopted. Three um, D fly throughs is the next step up, and um, bigger developers are using three D fly throughs. Um, we work, for example, with uh, companies that install gym equipment, and they'll produce a three D fly through to show um, their clients what their new gym proposals will look like with all the right equipment in the right places. Um, and because that doesn't require any particular technology on the user's side, so that you just press play, watch it on uh, YouTube, um, you know, that's being widely used as well for all sorts of presentations. Um, so 3D fly-throughs, again, I think, um, pretty mainstream. And I mean, I, I say that, but it's, it's been a long journey for us from having to persuade someone to move over to a 3D image as opposed to a watercolor image, and then to try and sell them on the idea that they also need a fly through. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, I mean, I, I certainly think um, 
what we find is there is a difference actually between how the, the what I call the PLCs, obviously the, the big house builders, big house builders, um, they're actually perhaps more um, reticent to change their approach. I mean, many of them are using 3D fly-throughs, but not on the same level actually as some of the smaller regional house builders. And I think that's interesting. You know, the, the big house builders they've got their their way of doing things, and also um, buyers know what they're going to get with a big house builder um, because you've seen a hundred houses just like it already um, already built. So there's less of a demand from the buyers and less of a willingness from the house builder to spend the money on a 3D fly-through or a virtual reality experience. Um, but in the sort of mid, mid-sized companies, what I think of as regional house builders, um, the benefits are much bigger because um, they've got perhaps less of a track record um, for people to rely on or go and have a look at other sites and other completed properties. Um, and also, you know, decision making is easier. As we know, in smaller companies, really, it's, it's the decision of one or two people thinking, yes, I'm going to go for this new technology. Um, so we find that uptake, the early adopters on all these things tend to be the mid, mid-range um, of developers and house builders or even one-man bands who are mm. just... Uh, up for the technology so that's interesting totally agree and i think you know uh, there will be one-man bands you know and smaller uh partnerships and 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 developers potentially listening to this Uh, and i think you can just go and play you can go and get some apps and have a little play around and um i think it's that agility it's that willingness to experiment um, you know, you don't have a, a great, you know, massive corporate processes that you have to engage, like the the Wimpies and Barretts of this world, perhaps. So um, I think that that's that's good. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of start to wrap in a second, uh, Dawn. But I, I'm gonna so I'm gonna ask how people can maybe connect with you. But just before I do that, uh, a bit of a quick fire. You mentioned one already, and maybe it is your one. But um, what are your sort of favourite sort of uh, systems, apps, and tools in this space that maybe you could signpost people towards? Right now, you mentioned, for example, the uh, Google SketchUp um, uh, that people could maybe just go and have a play with. Put yes, you on the spot uh, there, Google, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, um, Google SketchUp is a good one. There are a number of apps, and I, I couldn't recommend a specific one, but there are lots of different apps. Um, sort of Home, home Designer um, is one where you can um, very quickly draw a floor plan on your phone and then see that uh, created as a 3D, and you can drag and drop. Uh, bits of furniture into it um, and um, in terms of the virtual reality headsets it's it's worth a try with a Google Cardboard headset or you know you'll see in um, Little or Aldi on, on occasion you'll see it's weird you'll see virtual reality headsets everywhere uh, for 20-30 quid that you can pop your phone into and download a number of applications um, and uh, I think that's a good place to start and there's lots of content coming online I mean on Facebook, you can publish virtual reality content, and on YouTube, you can. So, if you were to type into YouTube um, virtual reality experience or something like that, you would come up with um, video files. They play as video files, but they're the kind of video files that, and you'll have seen this on Facebook and YouTube, where you know, as you move your phone around, you can look at a different part of the image. It's a 360 panorama. Um, so, it's worth having a look at what people are doing. Um, and it's accessible on the technology that you've already got in your hand. Um, and uh, yeah, take the opportunity to 
put on a virtual reality headset. You'll see them at events and exhibitions. Uh, you might find them in estate agents' offices. Um, but it, it, until you put one on, it, it's hard to kind of understand the experience for yourself. And uh, it is one of those things where you really have to try it to believe it. Not to be too sort of hypey about it, but it is a different experience from watching something on a screen. So look out for the opportunity to have a go and uh, see, see what you think for yourself. I certainly will. I'm going to go hunting around uh, Little and Aldi now for these cheap headsets. <laughs> or put a cardboard box on my head. Um, but definitely, going to, I'm going to have a go. And thanks for that. I put you on the spot there, and uh, you know, you gave us some really good content. So Dawn, it's been brilliant. I, I think um, what I'd like to do now is maybe draw a bit of a conclusion, and maybe um, I think hopefully you've whetted the appetite of many one to go and try for themselves, but possibly some to even connect with you and maybe have a conversation about the potential, etc. So. Um, I'm going to give you the opportunity perhaps to say how people could reach you, what they may say, and perhaps if there's anything that you'd like to, to offer to any of our audience, um, if they do uh, wish to connect with you. Well, uh, thanks Richard, that would be brilliant, yes. Um, so my company is called iCreate and our website is iCreate.co.uk so you can certainly um, have a look at the sort of thing we're doing on there, there are loads of examples. Um, I've written a book called uh, Selling New Homes Off Plan uh, which is sort of quite a visual guide really to all the different technologies that are available particularly to um, house builders and developers of all sizes, not just, uh, not just big schemes. Um, and that book is, it is available on Amazon, but I'd be very happy to provide that as a free ebook download. Um, and anyone is welcome to email me, dawn at icreate.co.uk. Um, and of course, I'm on LinkedIn, and I try and do uh, videos every now and then about tech and how people can use technology in their businesses. Connect with me on, on LinkedIn. I'd I'd be delighted. Oh, that's great. That's perfect. And, you know, a, a little secret between you and I, I've had a couple of conversations recently with people about the whole prop tech agenda. And it, I, I had the wind taken out of my sails a little bit, if I'm honest, because um, uh, there was a, a sort of a degree of exasperation that perhaps we weren't progressing at the pace that we could be or should be. And, and I think whilst that's true, you know, there's always, you know, we can go quicker, there's things that get in the way, etc. But there are things here and now that we can actually use and implement with very tangible benefits. And Dawn, I got to say, things that you've explained and shared with us today has given me, you know, put the wind back in my sails again. It's, there are things that we can do here and now, uh, as you say, to suit every budget that can actually, you know, engage with our, our customers, can create emotion, can create tangible benefits, and can also help set us apart, perhaps, uh, from from the, from the crowd. So I, for one, am very grateful that I had this conversation with you. Thank you very much. I'm probably going to be walking around the house with a cardboard box on my head now for the rest of the day. So um, you've, 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 you've stimulated me into action. I really appreciate you coming on and doing that. And I hope that um, it's been beneficial to our audience as well and that people also reach out to you to pick up the conversation. Thank you, Richard. No, I'm very excited uh, and I'm an optimist. I think the technology is really exciting. So I've been delighted to share some of that with you and with your audience. Thank you for that opportunity. You're more than welcome. And thanks a lot again, Dawn, and take care. Bye-bye. Well, when Dawn heard that she had a two-parter on the podcast, she immediately suggested, in her own words, I hasten to add, that she'd gone on a bit. <laughs> but it's not the case at all. 
And as someone who perhaps is known for uh, going on a little bit myself, I do know what I'm talking about. So don't worry, Dawn, at all. Uh, there's all some logic here. In fact, the reasons for splitting it into uh, the discussion that is into two was down to two clear reasons, actually. First, the content was really good. And so by elaborating and showing examples, it brought real color to the conversation. And secondly, it also allows me to do a slightly longer wrap up and thus avoid a part three. So a very practical reason as well. But let's summarize some of the key elements of virtual and augmented reality, perhaps adding in some additional thoughts based on the research I've undertaken as well as the conversation I had with Dawn. First of all, virtual reality is not new, but it is more mainstream now. It might all seem a bit sci-fi and high-tech, but virtual reality has been around in one shape or form for at least as long as the iPad has now. And sometimes we forget how long technology has been with us. And that should encourage us to know that it is not exactly bleeding edge technology that we're talking about now. It's been through several development cycles already and is getting better with each iteration. And of course, less expensive as well. Secondly, it's all in the mind. Or is it? No, because it's also in the heart. And Dawn illustrated so well how virtual reality can both trick our subconscious mind into believing we're immersed in this unreal world, but also to, uh, as, as well as creating memories that that results, and to, to be able to recall those thoughts at a later stage, to also have emotional engagement as well, so that we can interact with the unreal in a very real way. Of course, people are people, and so we do like to connect and use our human emotions and thoughts. It's part of who we are and how we're made. So the more realistic technology can be, the better chance of success it will have with us. And Dawn also reminds us that her techies call themselves artists as well, which embodies the idea of both feelings and emotional engagement, doesn't it? Thirdly, virtual reality and augmented reality spans a wide range of applications from planning and design, for example, to create 3D imagery, inspections and viewings, such as enabling an immersive experience remotely, marketing and sales to reach more people with less cost from, from far-flung places. And then if we add in drones, we can also look at maintenance and testing applications as well to access high or remote areas more easily. Fourth, tangible business benefits as well. We can eliminate costs, such as by avoiding building that show home. We can be more efficient, such as with the remote viewings. We can be more qualified in our approach to um, our prospects by showcasing a property in 360 degree or 3D effect. We can differentiate ourselves from the competition by using technology smarter and become more profitable, for example, by pre-selling developments, reducing planning application refusals, or engaging emotion in the purchase decision, which can often carry a bit of a, a premium <laughs> with it, let's say. Fifth, what can we do with this technology? Well, there are lots of things we could do, and at you know, quite a reasonable um, comparative cost as well these days. For example, we could use CGI or, or computer-generated imagery for development brochures and 3D drawings. We can use 3D fly-throughs or walk-throughs and photo montage for property listings. We can use virtual reality and augmented reality sessions for remote viewings. 
We can create floor plans and interior design models for space utilization, optimization and selection of fixtures and fittings. And with drone property inspections, we can deliver uh, maintenance and, uh, and that kind of thing for at a safer, um, safer level and of course lower, lower cost to, to access hard to reach parts of a building, for example. Sixth, some of the favorite apps or technology to check out. I put Dawn on the spot a little bit, didn't I? And I asked her for some of her favorite uh, apps. And just to recap there, she mentioned Google SketchUp, Home Designer iPhone app, Google and Google Harboard headset. And of course, going to Aldi or Lidl and just checking out to see if they've got any low cost uh, virtual reality headset specials on offer. Um, I wasn't aware that they did it, but there we go. Uh, but she also made reference to um, not necessarily uh, hardware technology, but utilization of technology. For example, on the Facebook platform or on the YouTube platform, there are virtual reality experiences. And I'll perhaps signpost one of those in a minute now. And of course, some extra ones from me. Um, I kind of made point uh, reference during the conversation to the Apple AR kit. And um, I think Google have got AR Core as well. So these are applications you can get on your smartphones, uh, which enable you to, to put into, into practice some of this virtual or augmented reality uh, in particular. And check out the House app. So it's H-O-U-Z-Z. -Z. Um, that's an interior design app. We can also pop over to the uh, over to YouTube, as as, as Dawn mentioned, and um, and one one you know call out really or shout out I'd like to mention is to Walton and Alan, who's an estate agent, and um, they actually helped us with a little bit of research for the show, and they've got a, a they've got a VR channel, so it's the Walton and Alan VR channel, obviously standing for virtual reality. There's a link for that in the show notes that you can uh, look up, but I also find it just by doing a search. And they've um, you can you can actually look at some of their 360 degree uh, virtual reality uh, tours, and they offer I believe a 99 pound uh, 360 degree virtual reality package as well. So, a bit of a shout out to them because they helped us with some of the research. So I don't mind name checking them for that purpose. And there's nothing else in it for me. I don't get any kickbacks or anything like that. But of course, you can also pay a visit to Dawn's own website, which is iCreate.co.uk and see some of the more professional services or professional virtual reality services that she and her uh, colleagues have to, uh, have to offer as well. But before I close, uh, do remember Dawn has written a book. It's, um, it's got a longer title, but the short title is Selling New Homes Off Plan. And it's actually available on Amazon for just £9. But she kindly offered to share it for free to anyone who wanted to get in touch with her. So why don't you just drop her an email, uh, make reference to the Property Voice podcast, and uh, she'll let you have a copy of the book for free uh, for at least a short period of time. We, we, I don't think people can offer for free forever, but so um, she didn't stipulate that. But on her behalf, I'll say perhaps for a short period of time, it'll be available for free. So you can either pay a visit to the website, iCreate.co.uk, or you can drop uh, Dawn an email personally, dawn at iCreate.co.uk. And I'm sure she'll be uh, very happy to hear from you and uh, to share the book as well. Uh, obviously, it'd be a PDF format or something similar. But I hope that's opened your thinking and imagination to how virtual and augmented reality has progressed and can be adopted right now in our property businesses. My thanks go to Dawn for sharing so generous, generously even with us. So please drop her a short note of thanks too as well, won't you? 
But that's all for now, though. Um, as usual, the show notes can be found over at the website, thepropertyvoice.net. And I'm slowly adding in audio transcriptions for this series now as well. So, uh, in fact, if you want to go and check out for the trans- transcription of my first conversation with Dawn, um, it's available right now. So go and look at the show notes for that episode and you can see see it all in its full glory. But if you want to talk about anything from today's show, receive an intro into any one of our guests or just talk about property investing more generally, you know you can email me, podcast at thepropertyvoice.net, and I'd be very happy to hear from you. But once again, all I want to say uh, this week is thank you very much for listening. And until next time on the Property Voice podcast, it's ciao, ciao. Thank you for listening today. Now head over to thepropertyvoice.net for more inspirational content and get updates through our mailing list. Join us next time on the Property Voice podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to rate us on iTunes.